0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up! Two o'clock! On this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns. Alongside the one, the only, John Gambodoro, I Gambo. Bernsey, what's going on, <laughs> Birdie? Hey? You're, you're right. Yeah,
1: it's okay there. Oh, choke choked the big, up little, big win by France. Yeah, you, I know Morocco. you. You
0: love France. No, you're I, can't France.
1: I, mean, they, I can't root for France. I mean, I can't root for France. I thought you were rooting for all the European you're countries. countries. Yeah, I don't root for France, no, you, except for France, except for France. Yeah. Yeah. So you just can't. They're too soft for me, France. <laughs> Laid down like dogs in World War II. I don't root
0: for them. Totally bailed us out during the Revolutionary War, though. Yeah, yeah they did. I, we might and still be under a British Statue Rule of Liberty. Of Liberty. Not for the, they gave us, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. French fries, French dressing, French toast. And they coast. have Mbappe. Huh? They have Mbappe, too. Yeah, he's pretty <laughs> good. Mbappe, he's pretty good. The Eiffel Look, Tower is the gorgeous. The Eiffel is <laughs> just a
1: <laughs> hunk of metal. I've been there. It's not that great. <laughs> they gave me, us the Statue of Liberty, didn't no, they? You mean the Statue they gave of Liberty. Come on. That people are not the nicest people. Oh, wow. And oh, you know. outside of Craig Grealoux. Like, most of them, like, they're not the nicest have pe- been there. They're not the nicest people. No, Italians be- also have the same reputation, though? No, we help everybody.
0: Uh-huh. We're so kind. Uh-huh. Putting um, butter in socks and stuff like that. <laughs> actually, it was powder. I, baby oh, powder. sorry, Very I got powder. it wrong. Uh, baby powder. Uh, the other day, I actually saw a map of all the different mafia influences spread out over Italy. Odd, you won't find a map like that in France. Just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know. But you guys are the nicest people in the whole wide world. When yeah, France it comes or, to a fight, they yeah. just say, "I give up. You win." <laughs> no. Yes. During the Revolutionary War, they had our backs. Yeah. You know, we might still be under British rule right now. Okay, For if you all say we so. know, well, if I, I say so, history says so. You up on history? Yeah. I mean, yeah. How, how, what did they really do in the Revolutionary War? Like, What did
1: they like really send They sent do. a bunch of boats and basically forced the English to kind of quit? Yeah. It was kind of a big yeah. deal. Yeah. I thought it was George Washington crossing the Delaware. <laughs> and now you tell me it's the French. <laughs> the French. What about George just, Washington? just saying the
0: French helped. That's all. What they about were, Benedict Arnold? Uh, this history lesson is over. Uh, and instead, what we're going to do is tell you about that Suns game. Actually, I think I'd rather talk about history. I don't think I learned <laughs> oh, that's the Burns and Gambo. The way in. Brought to you by Revitalize we Weight Loss.
2: Sangoon, rushing it the other way. Lobs ahead for Green and a jam time for Jalen Green on a lob pass from center to point guard.
0: Yeah. That was uh, our friend John Bloom with the call. Sons. Blumber. After. Trailing, they trailed by 19 in the first half. They scored just 35 points. I, I like I've I've really scaled back on live tweeting during games. I almost yeah, tweeted last night. Like the Suns have 27 <clears throat> points with three minutes to go in the first half. That's all. That's the tweet. That's all I've live got to tweet say. About a whole this. lot
1: because I rewind a lot to like see things. Yeah, I want to see who set the pick to get. So I I always end up being 10 minutes behind. So I tweet something out as I'm watching. Be like, dude, that was 10 minutes ago. You idiot. So idiots! I'm not even gonna bother. <laughs>
0: 111-97. Suns lose to the Rockets last night. Yeah. It's their fifth loss in a row. They're now 16 and 12 on the season. Ooh. I believe fourth place in the Western Conference. Home court home court advantage in the first round. Yeah, I mean we got you know 50 games to go, so there's still so much season left. But we, we've officially gotten to this point now where you know no Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton leaves the game with an ankle injury. Campaign leaves the game with a foot injury. Mikkel Bridges. Maybe, and I have to go back and look at the game logs for him, maybe the worst game he's ever played as a pro oh God, last he night. He couldn't anything. hit water if he fell out of a boat last night, I, right? you know,
1: I actually took the little screenshot, the halftime stats, and I I, so I was watching the game, and I showed the halftime stats. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is so bad, i got to actually take a screenshot of this. So the Rockets are up 54-35. The game is basically over because, as we've talked about all the time, if the Suns get down by, like, 20, they're toast. They don't come back. Um, they just, Now, if they can hang around, make it— like They have a chance. But when it gets to be that big of a deficit, they usually don't get back into the game. The Suns were 11 for 50 from the field. That's 22%. Anybody can figure that out. 11 for 50, 22%. They made four out of 23 three-pointers. Four out of 24 the Suns had eight points in the paint. It was like a brutal brutal first half of that basketball game. Nothing worse than the second quarter, right? The second, oh, second quarter, you're quarter like, was... oh, it's okay. It's, you know, at one point, like it was a, like a two point game and then you know, they went on, the Rockets had a little bit of a run at the end of the first half because Bismack uh, Biz, uh, Biz Biombo had a dunk. It was 22-20. Next thing you know, I mean, it's 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 a blowout. It's 54-35 and uh, the Suns just couldn't make any shots in the second
0: half, and Houston missed a lot of shots too, but the Suns were brutal offensively. They just couldn't score the basketball. Yeah, no, they were, I mean, it was 25.5% from the floor in that second quarter you're talking about. They were outscored 27-15, but you know, I mean, it goes it goes beyond, so we can sit here and say, and I just did, they lost Aiton, and they lost Campaign, and they already don't have Devin Booker, and they don't have Cam Johnson, and for Chris Paul, it's just his fourth game back. We can say all that stuff. There's also a certain style of energy that we're used to the Suns playing with, right? There's a certain juice, a certain competitive edge where even when they're down a bunch of those guys, they still play with a kind of, and I know it sounds kind of goofy, but they sound they, they play with a kind of fire that I didn't see any of that last night at all. I, I saw a team that was ready to leave. I saw a team, you know, that, that moment where you just kind of go, okay, well, when's this game done? Can we go home a couple times? Want to get away? Yeah, a couple times they cut it to 11 in the That's fourth quarter. It looked it. like they were going to make a push, but they never really got back in it. They didn't play with that edge, with that juice that we're used to seeing but out the of them. the
1: okay. out there, and that's kind of the issue here. But when you're watching the Rockets with Porter Jr. and Jabari Smith, aren't you, aren't you feeling like, man, that team is just easing. Like, they were extremely more athletic than the Phoenix Suns yes. were. Crashing the like, boards like athletic. crazy. Like, yep. Just more athleticism. The Suns, I mean, they just seemed to lack the athleticism in that game last night. And the Rockets had like three or four guys that are just doing like, you know, the fast bakes, uh, breaks, the transition, the, the block, everything that they were doing is like, OK, like you've got better athletes than the Suns do you, know, you, you We'll talk about Chris Paul in a little bit. But he was terrible again. Mikhail was awful. DA uh, was not good. Now he goes out of the game. You know, it's uh, you took a pass from Tory Craig in transition, and then they called a blocking foul on Porter Jr. because they collided knees. Da's down for a minute. They actually reversed the call and made it a charge on Da. Then he comes out of the game. Bismack comes in. He goes to with about 1.9 seconds left. They showed him going to the locker room. So you're like, okay, he was going to the locker. So it was a minute, a little bit over a minute left when he collided. Sat on the bench for a little bit. Then right at the end of the half, they just took him to the locker room, and he. he was done
0: yeah here's monty after the game saying look at this stage in the season 28 games in we're not worried about losses we're not worried about injuries at
2: least not right now it's so early in the season you can't even go there if you look around the league teams are going through it right now injuries you're not making shots or things aren't going your way you got to keep doing the next right thing and keep battling it is a test of your will and your spirit i don't second guess anybody in our locker room when it comes to will and spirit it seemed like they were a little shy of will and spirit last night. You know, like,
0: I, I don't want to say it, it, it. That's at least that's how it felt to me. Like it. Aiden goes out of that game. Payne goes out of that game. Chris Paul's kind of. It, it felt like will and spirit. They were a little shy of that. last. Well, Let's night. be honest. They start the second quarter with
1: with with Ish Wainwright. Uh, Damian Lee, Akoji, Koji, Bismack Biyombo, and Cameron Payne. Lee wasn't here last year. Akoji Koji wasn't here last year. Biz didn't start the season with them. Ish was a uh, you know one of the last guys off the bench, and then Payne. Like it wasn't. It's a, it's just a different unit, you know. Those guys haven't played together a whole lot. There's not a lot of experience together there. they jacket up three. It was jacking up three like it was going out of stuff. We've talked about this. Like, hey, to compete, you got to shoot. You got to shoot. Well, they shot the three. They shot it 51 times last night, a season high. Prime is they didn't really make any. They missed so many of the 51. They made 13 out of 51. They shot 25% from three-point range. Yeah, they shot it, but man, it just wasn't going
2: in. Yeah, and that's something else Money talked about after the game, too. I thought the lineup was was decent. We just couldn't make a shot. Well, shot quality, I haven't seen it yet, but I bet it was high tonight. Um, We got open three after open three. We just couldn't make one. I mean, Mikel goes four for 24. You know, that's going to be a tough when you don't have Book and, and all the other guys that are out um, just couldn't make a shot um, they, they had 27 points 54 in the first half, that's not a a great defensive half, but it's not a bad one. You know, just could not knock down a shot. So 16 and 12, as I mentioned, fourth now in
0: the West. Again, they've played 28 games total on the season. They play 82, so there's still such a long, long, long way to go. So no one's going to look at this and get worried that they're a half game away from being in the play-in tournament or signs. two games away. Yeah, there are, there there are signs. signs that you need to worry. I think. Oh, I, I think this. Well. I think sign number one is Chris Paul. And I think sign number two is Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton. And, and those three signs are kind of interlinked. Sign number one is that Chris Paul is clearly not the co-star of this movie anymore, right?
1: I, mean, I mean, that day, And they look- got a max contract, and Mikael got a big yep.
0: contract, and they don't seem capable of being a consistent second option either. Those are the signs. And I would agree with you that while we can look at the standings and say it's early, and we can look at the injuries and say it's early, and we could say, don't worry, guys, there's still tons of season left, and that's all factually true. I think the signs you speak of are exactly that. Chris Paul does not look like he's capable of being the co-star of this movie anymore. And DeAndre Ayton and Mikkel Bridges don't look like they're consistently capable of stepping into that spot right now, so far this season. And so that, those are the signs you worry about if you're a Suns fan, wondering what this is going to look like 52-54 games from now when it is final and when the standings are complete. We'll see. Yeah, there's
1: we'll no see. question. And then the bench. You know, the bench was a big part of what they did, they, they were successful with. There's
0: definitely some reservations about the bench and the depth right now. Yep. When we come back, Kyler Murray is now out for the rest of the season. Does that mean that Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kim are given an extra life? Are they safe? for now. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo afternoons on Arizona sports the local sports leader. Uh, let's get you cut up on the news when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals because Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury, pardon me, met with the media today. So did to Colt McCoy, uh, as obviously they move forward, get ready for the Denver Broncos. They've got quarterback issues of their own. I saw it today where Russell Wilson is still in concussion protocol and won't practice. Who's the, Mitch, who's the backup now with Denver? Who Brett Ripon. There were quarterback problems before the concussion. Well, no of course, so Brett Ripon versus Colt McCoy is Jeez. what we're trending for on the Sunday? Second, second string quarterback game for the Cardinals this year. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's what was the first one? It's a Boise the State Rams. kid. That's right. Boise State kid, yeah. Boise State. Brett right, Ripon right versus Colt You know who the backup now is because they just recently claimed someone: no. Jarrett Garantano. Oh, really? Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember from the preseason, you know, back in August. Where's when we, Josh Rosen? I'd hope. Uh, where is Josh? I don't where know where Josh, Josh Rosen, Rosen is. I don't know. i picking up plastic yeah. off of beaches. Or I, I, like I don't that. think he'll be back uh, here anytime soon. No, nothing wrong with picking plastic up off of beaches, by the way. Is Kyler going to need surgery? Yes, says Cliff Kingsbury. Yes. After Christmas is the time table I was told. Yeah. Okay. After Christmas is when he gets the surgery. Is it realistic to expect Kyler back in time for training camp? Yeah, I think everybody um, responds differently. But you know the type of athlete he is, his age, uh, I wouldn't put anything past him. But I think that's something we'll have to see how he progresses throughout that whole process. Also, Zach Allen had surgery on his hand today. He just that he had surgery today. That's all I know, and he'll be out this week unsure if Zach Allen is going to return wow. to the point this season. Wow, and he's had a pretty good year. Yes, he's, he's had, had really a pretty good year. Good year. The kind yeah. of year that I hope gets him paid. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call him an elite player in this league, but he's but a very he's a good player, player he's in a this good league, player. Player. and he yeah. probably should get paid Can't be right your now. number one or number two pass
1: rush guy on most teams, but he's definitely you know, one of your top three. He can get some pressure on the quarterback, knock down some passes, plays with some hard. I mean, I like him. I like what I've seen out of some of the young guys, even though you know defensively the numbers don't look very good for the Cardinals, but I do like what some of the young guys how how some of the young guys have progressed this year
0: there were lots of fallout stories from the news that kyler yeah. has the surgery and we're going to get into them over the course of the day the one that we kind of wanted to start with was the decision that was inevitably facing the organization in the offseason about its head coach about its general manager we talked about this a little bit yesterday how much does the Kyler News affect that now? How much does the Kyler News... It's a big question a lot of people are asking. You know, like, like yeah. how does it change the equation for Michael Bidwell knowing, you know, and maybe there's no decision to be made and he's bringing everybody back, or there's nothing that changes the decision he's going to get rid of everybody in clean house. We don't know. We have no idea. How does it change the decision-making process for Michael Bidwell when it comes to this off season? Yeah, listen, if, if there are no changes made at all, a lot of people are just going to
1: say that it's, that it's a money thing, that you've got four years left you're probably playing you know paying about I would say 12 to 13 million dollars for your coach and your GM and if you're gonna walk away from four years of that, say it's 13 a year, you're talking about walking away from 13, 26, 52 million dollars and then having to hire a coach who's probably going to cost you more. Right. And then hiring a new GM. If you if you do that, you're you're spending a lot of money. So if there are no changes made, I do think a lot of people are going to say, well, it's because he just doesn't want to spend the money. He doesn't want to eat that money because it's a lot of money, you know, and it's his business. He He has to make that decision. Now, for him. Internally, he might say, "Okay, I, I'm not. I didn't really get a fair chance to see, you know, this team because of all the injuries. We didn't have Hopkins for six games, and we didn't have Hollywood Brown, and now you don't have Kyler Murray for the end, and you know, you didn't have your starting center just about all year. You didn't have your starting left guard just about all year. Like there's been, you know, he might be able to justify keeping everybody with that. Like that may be a push to him as like, look." We didn't have a snowball's chance in hell with all the injuries we had. So you want to make a change, go ahead and make a change. But like, we never got off the ground. We Mm -hmm. never had our full. We never had everybody together. Zach Ertz, Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, James Conner. We had a great offense and we had a good offensive line if Rodney Hudson and Justin Pugh stay healthy. But they didn't. So you know, if you want to sell that to Michael, you can. Whether he buys it or not, I don't know. But you know, the question is: Is Michael looking for a reason to keep these guys because this? Fifty million there that he's probably going to have to eat? Or is he looking for a reason
0: to make a change and just move on and eat all of that money that he's going to have to eat? And does Kyler's situation make it difficult for him to move on even if he wanted to? Now again, we're both just talking hypothetically here. There's still four games to go in the season. We have no idea how this is going to play out. I just feel like obligated to keep bringing that up because we, there's still a quarter of the season. We don't know how this is going to play. But I, I saw this soundbite this morning on social media. It came from NFL Live Live yesterday It was Ryan Clark on ESPN, and he brought up something that put whatever you want into this, whatever stock you want into this. But I hadn't thought of this before. He doubts a new head coach is going to want to come in here with Kyler being a question mark. And I'll let him explain. Well, what coach wants to walk into the 2023 season yeah.
1: without having Kyler Murray at the helm or without even knowing what type of synergy you'll have? Because... Cliff Kingsbury. Part of his pitch was, "I can go get Kyler Murray. We have a relationship. And we're going to have a superstar. That was why
2: they drafted him. Right, right. If or a guy a who, who says
1: I have a relationship with him prior or previously can't work with him, why would I think I can as another coach? And especially mm-hmm. not a having point, an offseason, season to learn him. It's
0: a, it's a fair point. It's a, it's a, it's a really it's a thought provoking.
1: You point. don't know how he's going to play when he comes back from this injury, right? Okay, for a guy that relies so much on his mobility, a north-south runner, an east-west runner, for a guy that's cutting all the time, you don't know how this injury is going to affect him compared to, like, a pocket passer. Um, You know, that's one. You also don't know how long he's going to be out for. They can't, nobody can tell you now how long he's going to be out. People are going to ask that. How long is he going to be out? Do you expect to be, he's, we don't know. We don't know. Nope. We just—it's the not season's It's just about over. He said the, he had the injury, you know, towards the end of the season. We don't know when he's coming not back. Not
0: only do you not know when he's going to come back, you don't know what version of him is going to no, be. Like when he comes no, back, no. is he going to be hesitant to run? Is he going to be thinking about the knee? Does he have mental hurdles to clear? Does he have physical hurdles to clear? For a quarterback who relies so much on his legs to be what he is, who knows what version of? him. So let's let's take what Ryan Clark is saying and apply it to a situation that we've talked a lot about, Sean Payton. All right, we don't know if Sean's Payton's coming here or not. I have no idea. But part of what we thought was the allure for Sean Payton was, I want to go to a situation where the quarterback deal is settled. I know who my guy is going to be. I've got a quarterback. I don't have to go look this for one. I've got a guy that I like. There's got to be, right? No, because now Sean Payton can look at it and I, go, I don't know exactly what I've got at quarterback the, now because I don't know when he's going to come back and I don't know what he's going to be like when he is. But the second one is the more important one. Like it's Like, he's going to come
1: back. It's an ACL injury. It's not like Kyler Murray's gonna be out. He's got $190 million in guarantee for him. He's going to come back. It may be in, in, in week four, it may be in week five, it may be, we don't know. So if you're Sean Payton, you're not looking if you're, you're gonna sign a five year deal with the Cardinals, or if you're another coach that's gonna come in, you're not thinking short term, you're thinking long term. The question that would baff that 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 you should be asking is, man, what kind of quarterback is he gonna be? 100%. Now, okay, so what if you, you know what if the, if the first year you come in, if they do fire Cliff, we don't know. But if they fire Cliff and they hire somebody else, I'm not that concerned about Kyler missing four to six games or whatever it may be. Two games, four games, six games. We don't know. But I'm not concerned. I'm worried about that dynamic quarterback. Is Can he still play like that? Right. Because if not, I'm really up that creek. Yes. And you know what creek I'm talking about. Because if, if he can't move. Yeah. I got a 5'10 quarterback. I got to make him a pocket passer. I don't know that I can do that with him.
0: Yeah, and again, we're just using the Sean Payton hypothetical because he's been linked to this job on a couple of occasions. So we talk about it that way. But that's one of the selling points, right? Is okay. You come to Arizona. and It's not like going to Carolina where you ask who your quarterback is. It's not like going to Houston and you say, who's your quarterback? You had a known commodity at the position. You don't have that anymore, not at least like it was three days ago. And you don't know what you're going to have. And that might make it tough if if Michael had designs on making a bunch of changes. That might make it tough for him to get the guy he would truly want to run the organization or coach the organization because now that's become a question mark. Let's not sugarcoat this. Kyler Murray comes back next year and has
1: another bad year. And let's make no mistake about it. He had a bad year this year. Mm -hmm. He regressed. He was not good. He comes back. He plays in 10, 11, 12, 13 games, and he doesn't have another good year? You tell me they're not going to be looking to get out of that contract at some point?
0: Yeah. Texas, your thoughts on this situation? The FanDuel text line is open for you right now at six twenty six twenty. Now, we all know the Suns have built this team to win right now. Are they being held back from going for it all? We'll tell you what might be holding them back next on the Burns and Gambo Show the Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford a poll question today that cuts right to the quick, if you will for what we saw last night, trying not to overreact to a loss against the Rockets this is a much bigger picture question than that Eric, it was uh, your guys' idea you and Mitch, what do you got, take it away for us
1: Can the Phoenix Suns still win a championship with Chris Paul? You've got three options, number one is yes, number two is Yes, but only if they make a move. And number three, Big
2: Fat,
0: no. No.
1: No. Their best chance to win a championship is post-Chris Paul. Window number two is the better option. But it's not a better option. It's a, can they still win it with him on the roster? Is it still possible? I said no. There you go. I do not think that they can win a championship with Chris Paul on a roster. He's a shell of his former
0: self. Yes, but they have to make a move. Put me down for that.
1: That one is leading the way. 53.2% going with yes, but make a move. In second place, it is no at 35.4%. And 11.5% are saying
0: yes. The choice between that and no was really tough. Because it's... it's becoming more and more apparent, and we don't want to, you know, what did we say the other day? Five games? We wanted to give Chris Paul five games, yeah. at least five games, mm. before we start to make any determinations. We're four games in now. That's the poll question. It's a good one. Find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo is where you can find it on Twitter. Uh, Chris Paul last night was kind of tasked with carrying the team, given that Devin Booker was out before the game started, given that DeAndre Eaton left the game in the second quarter campaign was out. We've become I'm accustomed to seeing Chris Paul be able to have, you know, the kind of game to take over a game like that last night and it wasn't even close. Couldn't couldn't even come close to mustering that kind of effort. He was 1 for 4 last night. And one of the real conversation pieces about the Suns today online around the fan base is that has Chris Paul worn out his time to be the number 2 T- option on this team. And if he has, where are the Phoenix Suns if he's no longer capable of being that superstar next to Devin Booker?
1: Yeah, I think that he is no longer capable of being the superstar. And I know we need one more game, but we're basing this on four games that we've seen him play. We're basing this on the failures last year. It's Just look, look he's 37 years old. And I think at this point, I mean, the legs, everything is just, you know, he's no longer. He, he was really good that first year here and, and really good, you know, for the most part, the second. year. To the point where they gave Gave him an extension, but I love the way they did the extension. It's a credit to the Suns organization, right? They, you know, they gave Chris an extension. They paid him last year. And they, you know, they're paying him for this year. Okay, it's fine. He's going to make twenty eight and a half million dollars this year. Okay, now next year, if you want to get out of it, you can get out of it for fifteen. I think we were all taken aback when because because what's we all wondered what was Chris going to get. Is he going to get a hundred million guaranteed? And at that time, it was like, yeah, he's got him against the wall. Like you got, he's, he's got all the leverage. Mm-hmm. Chris comes here and the Suns go from being a, a team that, you know, had some success in the bubble, but was still a losing team to being in the NBA finals and then having the best record in the NBA. He was still playing at a high level. So when you did the extension with Chris, it was almost like, Really? Only one year is fully guaranteed? The, others, the second year is only half guaranteed? Wow, that's a, but that's a great deal for the Phoenix Suns. It was a great deal for the Phoenix Suns. But as I'm telling you right now, I'm leaning heavily on not
0: bringing him back next year at $30 million. Heavily. Well, certainly not this version of him, right? I, no, I,
1: I, if I had to base my decision right now, all of course. here's $15 million. Well, thank thank you for everything you've done. Like you were great. You really helped us and but I need to spend this money elsewhere.
0: Yeah. There was a line in Kellen's uh, Kellen Olson's recap of the game this morning on Arizona and I and I think it in part kick started this conversation, or at least the thought, quote He is by far the most important Suns player to watch in the regular season the rest of the way. It's not close. If he doesn't round in all star form or the Suns make a trade that moves the needle, there should be skepticism that they can win in April and and, May. and he's absolutely right. There is skepticism that they can win in April and May because this team is not built for Devin Booker to be this all-encompassing cape-wearing superstar who's going to carry them to wins every single night. That's just not that's – not, that's not how they're built. That's not how most teams are built. Most teams are built with the idea that there's two, three guys who can pick up the load when things aren't going very well, who can wear the cape if the other guy can't. For the first two years – Chris Paul was that guy. Chris Paul was the kind of guy where if Devin Booker wasn't available on a Tuesday night against the Rockets, all right, Chris, I'll get you 30. get him and Chris would go get him 28 and 14 assists.
1: Yeah, cuz he was always able to score if he had to. Right. He was always able to score if he had to. I don't want to. I want to be a pass-first point guard, but I'll you know go look at his career. He's always averaged a decent amount of points always. and great assists, but now. Yeah, now. He should go look at his three-point percentage you know, this yeah, year. It's, it's
2: 28,
1: in the 20s. 27% so far. What was he last night? 2 for 10 from three. three from three I think he was two for ten from three yeah I mean I'm not like I, I really you are tr- correct two for ten five of seventeen from the four you know I really charted that second quarter like when the Suns were struggling the most was in the second quarter you know what he did he didn't score one basket he didn't score one basket in the second look quarter. He score that much. He got a couple anymore. of free throws, but he didn't score a basket. He missed a three. He clanked it. He missed another three. Now, he got to the free throw line and hit like a few free throws, but
0: he didn't score a basket yeah. in the second quarter when they were getting drilled at a 13 nothing run. So, here's the other thing the Suns kind of bet on this offseason. They sort of bet that Mikel Bridges and or DeAndre Ayton would be able to fill that void. So far, it hasn't happened. It, it, it's happened in at times. spurts. I was just going to say, it's happened in moments, right? Mikel had a, a handful of very good games where you, we look at him and go, okay, he can be the score, but it's not consistent. DeAndre Eaton has had a more consistent run of games where you think, okay, he can be the score, but it's not consistent nearly enough. Right now, it looks like it's like Devin Booker being a superstar or bust because there's no true number two. There's no guy stepping up to claim that role on a consistent basis. And if that's how it's going to be, if that's what this team is, is, than April and May? You're kidding yourself. I mean, that, that's, they're just not built for this. They're not, they're not built that way. So barring some sort of trade, I think they kind of bet on the internal improvement carrying them in case Chris Paul started to fade. That hasn't happened. And Chris Paul's fade seems to be in full effect right now. And if that's the case, the window might be closed on the Phoenix Suns this year, as much as it kills me to say that. The window on this team might be closed this year. Yeah, and to the point where, I mean,
1: I I, I start to wonder how all-in do you want to be if Chris is not able to play at a high level anymore? I'm all-in with Devin and Book being a one-two punch that's almost unstoppable in the league. I'm all-in. I get being all-in. Chris and Devin, guys that played at MVP level, all-star level. You want to go all in with those two? Great. Mikhail and DA, Mikhail's a great secondary piece. He really is. I don't want him to be the second primary scorer because I just don't know that that's him. But he's a terrific player and they got him on a good deal. I mean, we love Mikhail. And DA's had moments where he's been really good. Probably not worth $30 million a year. But, you know, if he was worth 22, it would be like, oh, okay, he's really good for 22. But he's a max player. And so we judge that differently. But if Chris is not right, right. if Chris is no, but then I don't want to be all in on that. You understand? Like yeah, I, no, I understand. I, understand. I don't want to be all in if Chris is is no, because you, you, you'd be taking away one piece to add a piece that's Chris. I need a player that could be like, well, I had a player like Chris. I was looking for that this third guy. Chris, yeah. I was looking for that third guy to get me over the hump. Well, now you're not looking for that third guy. You're looking for a guy that can replace what you're losing with
0: Chris. No, I understand. Please, if you're listening to us right now, we're basing this conversation and these ideas off of the keyword you said there was if. If this is the version of Chris, if this is who Chris is, if this is what Chris has become to this team, there are still 52 games, 54 games left for him to rediscover the previous version of himself. And if he can, if that's in there, if that's still who he is, it changes the whole equation. And obviously it changes our minds about what this team is capable of. We're basing this conversation on what we've seen up to this point, and what we've seen up to this point is that Chris Paul is not that guy anymore. He's not that guy. And if, there's that word again, if this is the version of Chris Paul that is here for the rest of the year. I'm not selling, I'm not selling out. The, I don't know if he can. It might be irresponsible to sell out.
1: That doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean. And, and listen, if you if Chris doesn't come back next year, and you free up some cap space, and you've got all your draft picks going forward, and you still have Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton and Cam Johnson's able to come back from the injury, you're you're still one piece away. Go get that piece. Use your draft picks. Do something. But that. But I'm not I'm not doing that with Chris. Like I I could free up money with Chris gone. Yeah. I could, they got four guys
0: making a hundred and something million dollars. It's tough. It's tough when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show. The Hot Stove League continues to cook There are rumors about the Diamondbacks. Some interesting ones. You're going to want to hear them next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So, one of the last really big, big dominoes in baseball free agency fell last night. The San Francisco Giants. Look at Mitch. (laughs) Mitch, the Giants and the Broncos fan. You happy with Carlos Correa? You happy with that? It's weird when he's going to be 41 and still making like 37. You know what? These contracts are crazy. If you're gonna just, sh- it's, It'll end up biting you in the ass. Of course it will. It will. But, but you can't pay, pay guys to 38, 39, 40, 41. You've got to be a franchise who can afford to do that. And, and the Giants apparently are a franchise that can afford to do that. Can, can yeah. say, we're going to take a loss when this guy's 37. We're going to take, right, take a loss. We are going to take. We did it with uh, Buster Posey. We're going to take a loss when this guy is 39 years old. And you know what? We're hoping that what he does for us before he falls off that table is worth every dime. 13 years, $350 million for Carlos Correa. Took a, a one-year deal, one deal with the Twins. Well, it wasn't a one-year deal. He had an opt-out. Played yeah, unbelievable for Minnesota. Out. He opted out. He cashed in. The free agency market this offseason when it comes to the shortstops has been robust, whether it was Trey Turner, whether it was Andrew Bogarts. Dansby Swanson's probably That's, next in line. I don't know if listen. he gets this kind of money, but he's next in line now. This
1: is why teams need to take more gambles early. You got to take, like what Seattle did with that kid. That's genius. You've got to take gambles and sign ca- kids at 24, 25 to the bigger contract. Yeah, if. Because that way you don't get stuck with you know paying a guy 36,
0: 37, 38, 39, 40, 41. If their agents will let them. I'm looking at you, Zach Gallin. Yeah. looking at you. You know, like if their agents will let them sign those deals, yes, I would agree with you. You sent me into a panic about three weeks ago. When you told me that Zach Allen has no intention of signing a long-term contract with the Arizona Diamondbacks that buys up any of his arbitration years or the early part of his free agent years. Scott Boris wouldn't allow it. All I hear when you say that is goodbye. That's it. I just at some point it just means goodbye, Zach Gallon, because if if he's not going to allow the Diamondbacks to buy out those years, I don't know if you can keep him three years from now when he's a free agent. Yeah, and listen, I,
1: I mean, I get it. Like you know, Julio Rodriguez, his his contract is it's it's kind of crazy. But you're signing a kid, you know, you're signing a kid that's twenty two years old, and you're going to have him through thirty three. Now you take a gamble. Right? You gotta be paying them, you know, 19 million a year, just about every year. Now, for a kid at 22, it's like, okay, you're gonna give me 200 million dollars now at 22, Uh, but but I'd rather give a 12 year contract to a 22 year old at a lower rate than wait. And now I gotta pay a guy until he's 41. I just, uh, I think what Seattle did with Julio Rodriguez. It needs to be the way. Now, you're going to gamble and, and fail sometimes, but I think it needs to be the way of the future, because in, if, if not, you get stuck having to pay to guys until they're 41 years old, and you've got to pay $150 million to a guy when he's no good no, anymore. Doubt about
0: it. it's, just, it's kind of up to the... And Scott Boris has made it very clear. Anybody who's a Boris client, that's just not what he's about. That's not what he's going no, he to do. No, he
1: wants to maximize value, and that's getting a free agents. Now,
0: that being said, the, the hot stove league when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks has been very, very, very quiet so far outside of signing a few relievers. There just hasn't been a lot that's made news with the Diamondbacks. No trades to their outfielders, no significant additions outside of an arm or two in the bullpen. That has not stopped a couple of rumors that have kind of popped up that we wanted to talk about for a second. Yeah, There was a report from Bob Nightingale um, who, by the way, announced on Twitter that his father passed away, so our condolences to Bob because he's a friend of the show and I know we see him all the time. Um, He reported via his Twitter account a couple of days ago that the Astros and the Diamondbacks engaged in trade talks about D-backs outfielder Dalton Varsho. In his words, quote, the asking price remains steep, close quote, which is consistent with what we've heard with what you've said about Diamondback outfielders and the price of obtaining them. I'm hearing there's no chance on 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 a trade with the Astros. So okay.
1: um, that's what I I checked on this on Monday. Whether there were, whether there was an incoming Astros trade, I was told no. I checked on it again uh, on the specific leave our show to the Astros, and was told there's no chance on that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna believe based on my connections that there is nothing imminent or nothing close
0: with a with a show going to the Astros now, deal. Now, we have to prepare ourselves for some sort of deal with one of them. You know, I, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but it's been rumored enough, it's been talked about enough, you've mentioned it enough, that I, I think the mere possibility of it happening, maybe not Dalton Varshow specifically to the Astros, but Dalton Varshow somewhere is something we might need to be Varshow ready for. Varshow or Alec Thomas. Thomas, somewhere for something is something we have to be ready for. Now, this one, i, I got to admit, kind of came out of nowhere as far as I'm concerned, maybe you had heard something about this one, maybe you hadn't. But via Daniel Cunningham of Empire Sports Media, during the winter meetings, the Yankees inquired about two separate blockbusters. One, they asked the Diamondbacks about a Zach Gallen Dalton Varsho package. And two, they asked the Marlins about a Pablo Lopez Jazz Chisholm package. Wow. That would now that would make sense. In that the Yankees could afford to play the waiting game with Zach Gallen, bring him on board and pay him whatever the market says he's worth three years from now, whereas the Diamondbacks yes. probably can't do that. Yes, What you would have had to give up to get both of those premier players to the Diamondbacks, it would have been a haul. It would have been a king's ransom. But again... The Diamondbacks are close, right? The Diamondbacks, they're not they're not close enough to winning a World Series, but they're close enough to being good again. They've got all this young talent coming through, and they're almost here. Some of them already are. I can't imagine they would want to go pull in the, the plug on that just yet at this stage in the game, if you're the Diamondbacks. No, and I mean, Zach Gallon would do that. It,
1: it makes all the sense in the world that the Yankees would, you know, with, you know, with Aaron Hicks and, you know, his age and everything. I think you would, you know, had to go out and get Harrison Bader this year, Giancarlo Stanton's getting old. Like, I, I understand that that would be something that you would look to do. Can I go get a center fielder and a starting pitcher? Man, kill two birds with one stone, make a blockbuster type trade. Um, but the problem is that the, you know, the, the Diamondbacks are very insistent that they need major league talent back right now. And trust me, one of the problems with the Yankees is that they're so freaking old. Like, they're just old. Anthony Rizzo's old. DJ LeMahieu's old. Donald Old. It's an old baseball team. So, like, they you don't they don't really have anything that, that you want. You're saying, okay, what can I, you know, what can I what can I get from them? Their key players are older guys. So I don't think that there's anything the Yankees would have, because they have prospects, but the Diamondbacks don't want prospects back if they were to make a blockbuster trade. Look, they may have to trade Zach Allen at some point. I don't do it now. I definitely don't do it now. No, I ride this no, can't out do it now. a little bit longer. If they traded one of the outfield is it's not going to be for prospects and the Yankees truly don't have you know a, you know anybody unless you want to take a chance on a Glaber Torres or something but you take a back salary there I just
0: don't see and it and that's the point I was trying to make it's, it's disheartening to think that they're going to have to trade Zach Gallon at some point but based off of what you've said I believe they're going to have to trade Zach Gallon at some point but not now they're too close you know the, the the prospects are here they're almost here they're about to turn the corner if not this year then maybe next year Zach Gallon is going to be an integral part of all of that. I don't want them moving him now, but understand that if he's going to wait until free agency and he's going to cash in, unless the Diamondbacks are willing to wade into those waters where they're going to give a guy a 10-year contract, an 11-year contract, unless they're going to pay him the going rate, it just seems like inevitable that he's going to end up somewhere else, and that's going to be really tough to take. Yeah, Really tough to take. There's no question. I mean, I, I... I
1: don't think that you know with with, with both guys. Listen, Varsho—they've got four left-handed hitting outfielders. They'd be willing to trade one of them. Definitely not Corbin Carroll and Jake McCarthy doesn't get you enough. So it would have to be Thomas or Varsho. I'm sure they've taken calls on it. I know they have, but again, the price tag is very high. And with Gallon, it's it's just one of those things where you've got to time it right. You know, you've got to time that trade right. And I would think that Gallon would be more of a trade deadline guy, then he would be an off-season guy. And
0: not even a this year's straight deadline no, guy. Just no. a, just Because he's
1: under contract for four more years. Yeah,
0: I mean, you still got plenty of control over him and plenty of time. It's just one of those kind of looking ahead things, and it, it kind of it, it makes you sad if you start to think about it. When we come back, are you sad? You want to feel better about the future of the Phoenix Suns even after last night? Yes. We've got some proof for you next on the Burns and Gambo Show.